because it's time for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Right now. Now, right here on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM and 105.7 FM WFOB. The Sports Huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics, Frickers, Warner Automotive, by Blanchard Valley Health System, Roto-Rooter, Big B Coffee, by Northwestern Water and Sewer, Wilson Tire, Grits, by MJ Brown Construction Company, Premier Bank, Campus Poly by Financial Design Insurance Agency, Snyder's Flooring Outlet, Ohio Automotive Supply, and by Seneca Millwork, Five Star Maintenance, and the Ropey Corporation. Three, two, one, let's hear it. Now, let's go live to Lance and Matt from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB Classic Hits 96.7. WBVI Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. Thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday night for this edition of the show. Matt, how are we doing? Well, if I remember to unhit my mute button, I'm doing much better. No, I'm doing great, man. Got you know it's been a fun week already. We've had some fun sports stuff. Both of our teams are eliminated from the playoffs. Although, kudos to you, the one team that sent you swag this off season as you were picking your <laughs> other team actually did win in epic fashion. So, needless to say, we probably called that one wrong. <laughs> uh, no man, I'm doing good. It's it's been a good week. Good week of sports already, and just my God, do we have a great show on deck? for everyone tonight it's 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 a fantastic show that we very much do on this edition of the show we will talk with pandora gaboa head boys basketball coach mike lee the rockets 11 and 2 on the season they're getting set for that big league matchup on friday against arlington we'll also talk with craig Mintz, head coach of the fall story girls basketball team they'll be playing a rivalry matchup against hopewell loudon thursday night and we'll also talk the Hopewell Loudon side of that matchup with their head coach, Steve Suter. We'll also talk about the NFL playoffs a little later on. And we might not be at the Frickers in Finley physically, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. So that can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. The daily specials, though, are all dine-in only. Download the Frickers app and find them online at frickers.com. And as you alluded to, Matt, already some good sports uh, that we've had this week with that really just dominating game last night by the Liberty Benton girls in that uh, big win against Bellevue. Uh, yeah. Dominating is an understatement. I mean, they, they, they just roll, they roll. They were not just dominant. They were suffocating on defense. They were explosive on offense. Lauren Gherkin won 31 to 28 against Bellevue by herself. That, that that's how incredible of a performance you saw last night from Liberty Benton. So 14 and one, I, I'll tell you what, again, said it last night. I'll say it again right now. I do not want to be a team that has to play them in the postseason, even though it's like tiny little things that they can adjust. If they fix those, God, I would not want to play them. I would not want to play them at all. And on that note, we then have a lot of games coming your way over in the next few days to talk about as well on both of our stations. Thursday night, we'll have that rivalry matchup, high school girls basketball, Hopewell out and taking on Faustoria. 
Matt Kahn and Tom Grind have that one for you Thursday on WFOB. Then Friday night, we'll go our separate ways on Classic Hits. We'll have coverage of BVC basketball, Pandora Gaboa taking on Arlington. Possible BVC title implications on the line in that one. Matt Brown and I will have that one for you Friday on Classic Hits 96.7. And Friday on WFOB, coverage of Faustoria in their matchup in the NBC. They'll be taking on the dominant team in Rossford. Matt Cobb and Tom Grind have that one for you Friday on WFOB. And Saturday, another round of BBC versus SBC action. We'll have New Regal playing host to Arcadia. Matt Cobb and I will be back together for that one for that matchup on Saturday. And coverage will start around 6.20 Saturday night on classic hits 96 7 so between uh between both stations and between uh, both of us lots of uh good things to look forward to over the next few days in terms of high school basketball yeah that's definitely a good point we have some really good games coming up once again this week so if you like high school basketball if you like lance morris and matt cotman if you like lance morris and matt brown and matt cotman and tom grind you got a great week ahead of you for the rest of this week there there's a lot of good games on deck. We should have a lot of fun. With that, we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Mike Lee Pandor, Gaboa Head Boys basketball coach. You're on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. It's 10 p.m. and oh shoot, you didn't make that appointment for your aching knee. Guess what? Northwest Ohio Orthopedics is making it easier for patients to schedule their appointments. Online scheduling is now available. Hop online and schedule right away with whatever day and time works best for you and your family. The new online scheduling benefit is available at all six NWO locations. Finlay, Tiffin, Fremont, Fostoria, Bluffton, and Bowling Green. NWO is always working to make things easier for their patients. Go online, schedule, and bam, done. Frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks. When there's no time to make food for your holiday party, carry out four pounds of frickin' chicken chunks for only $34.99. Give the gift that always fits a $25 Frickers gift card and get five freaking bonus bucks free. Let them get what they really want. Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true? That is true, Don. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks. This is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5864 for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. And by the caring employees of the Ropey Corporation. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Tunnel from the Fricker Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you until 7.30. This Friday night we'll have coverage of BBC basketball possible league title implications in this matchup. Pandora Gaboa hitting the road to take on Arlington. We'll have coverage of that one Friday night. Matt Brown and I will have that one for you on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. We're now pleased to be joined by Pandora Gaboa Head Boys basketball coach Mike Lee here in the Frickers Zoom room. Coach, how you doing? 
I'm doing good. How about you guys? Oh, doing good. Thank you again for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Always, uh, always appreciate your time. Not a problem. Not a problem. So for you in, in getting ready for this season, you actually had a lot to replace from last season. Nine guys who were a part of the roster, not around uh, this time around graduation and some other things, of course, playing a role. What were some of the things that you uh, looked at in getting ready for this season? Well, I think, uh, you know, like you alluded to, we, you know, we lost, uh, you know, quite a few seniors from, uh, from last, <coughs> excuse me, from last year's group. Um, and ultimately it was a sit down conversation with our underclassmen, those kids coming back and how we wanted to map out the, uh, you know, the spring and the summer. So, you know, I give credit to, you know, where credit is due and that's, that's to our kids because we had a lot of kids that put in a lot of time. Uh, going back to last spring and summer. And um, ultimately, I think, you know, we're starting to see it, it kind of pay off and pay some, you know, huge dividends for us. And coach, it definitely seems to be going pretty well for you guys. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I do have you guys stand at a record of 11 and two overall on the season. So I, I, I guess the question would be for Pandora Gilboa. I mean, obviously past several years, you guys have been perennially, competitive and been in the thick of it for conference titles. And now at this stage, you have a massive, and I don't want to necessarily say rebuild, but a massive transition from one class to another. But would, would you say that the culture changes that have happened there have kind of made you guys perpetually in a good place on, on top of the coaching and the players that you have come in? It seems like, seems like you guys don't rebuild anymore, simply reload. Well, and again, that, that, that goes back to the, you know, to, to the, to the work ethic. Uh, I've got very good kids to work with. Uh, like I said earlier, they did, they devoted a lot of, a lot of time. And actually when you see success and that's not just from a basketball perspective, you know, they, they year in and year out, they're very competitive on the football field. And, you know, that's a carryover. A lot of the, you know, small schools, you know, we we're sharing athletes back and forth. Um, so, you know, it's a, it, it, you know, it's a pretty good culture. And naturally when you want to, you know, when you go undefeated in the BBC a year ago, um, naturally that's a, that's a confidence level and kind of an expectation, but, it, but it's also, a, it works on the flip side as well. You have a target on your back. So our kids know that, uh, you know, you, you, you can't have one of those, you know, kind of, you know, bubbles that take place every now and then. So, you know, again, I, like I said, I go, I, I, I give credit to, you know, to our kids, they put in a lot of time, a lot of work ethic and uh, so forth. And we're starting to see some of that uh, pay off for us. This is the NWO orthopedics sports. I don't hear from the Fricker studios, classic hits 96, seven WBVI ESPN, 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB Lance Morris, Matt Cobb and talk with Pandora Gaboa head boys, basketball coach, Mike Lee. And as you allude to, of course, play in two different conferences between the BBC and the PCL. So that, of course, brings with it almost every game for you guys, a league game in one league or the other. How much does that impact kind of the preparation on a game-by-game -game basis when you have both leagues to try and compete and play your best in? It has, it has a huge impact. Um, uh, case in point, um, and again, it is what it is. You know, we, just like you said, we play in two leagues. But case in point, the very first week of uh, the new year here in, in, in January, we start off with a – PCL league game on Monday, January the 2nd. Um, and then we turn right around and have a BVC game on Friday and then turn around on Saturday and have the second PCL game of the week at Ottaville. 
So now, does that happen every week? No, it does not. But there is just a lot of irregularities in the course of the schedule. The only thing that's regular is the fact that pretty much every Friday we're playing in the BVC. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, again, you you, you have to adjust, but it definitely is uh, it definitely is different and presents a lot of challenges. So what you're saying is perfectly easy to play in two conferences. You guys may be adding a third is what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, no, I, that's, uh, I, I think we'll, we'll be okay with where we're at right now. We'll just leave it at two. How's that? I mean, it seems reasonable. I, I do have a follow-up with that. You, you talk about the work ethic and the commitment and the drive that you're seeing from these, your kids year in and year out. Uh, do you think the fact that you guys play in two very competitive conferences like that do you think that is a big driving force behind that where they know hey if we don't bring our game each and every night we could we we could have some rough nights because we play in two very competitive conferences there's there, there's no doubt because you know early in the year we uh, took one on the chin at Kaleida and that was uh that's how our PCL schedule got kicked off and again that was on a on a Tuesday night if I remember and then like I just alluded to you know that third game of the week situation and not making excuses but you know ultimately you know the the, the legs were kind of gone the shooting went south the whole entire second half second half at Ottaville so you know again you know the kids understand that um, you know they 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 realize what's at stake um, but ultimately it presents, like I said earlier, it just, it, it, it presents a, you know, a challenge. And then I, I think we've upgraded our non-league schedule as well. Per case in point, uh, just this past Saturday, we, you know, we go to the Vatican Adelpha St. John's and it, it just a great atmosphere, competitive non-league game. And so that was, you know, that was a definite confidence builder, hopefully for this basketball team at the right time of the year. Talking with Pandora Gaboa head boys basketball coach Mike Lee here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios. You alluded to it with a couple of those uh, teams you mentioned, the Kaleida game, the Ottavo game, the Delphus game, even like the Hopewell game was a, a hard-fought game uh, near the end of uh, 2022. What can you say kind of about where your team is at the halfway point in the season and how you kind of evaluate where they are to then take what they have moving forward? Well, I realize our kids realize that there's a lot in front of us and this is the time of the year and it's going to start again. It, you know, it, it was this past weekend. It was the weekend before, uh, but definitely this weekend. Again, we have a huge challenge going, you know, to Arlington. Um, but but again, that that's that's what you hope for at this time of the year. And I look back at a year ago. When we started making strides, we beat a very good Ottaville team uh, at our place early January, and you could just see the confidence level of our kids grow. Now, whether that happens this year, you know, the jury's still out. It remains to be seen, but ultimately you want to be playing. This is this is the time of the year that you, you need to be kicking it into that next gear. So we're going to see. And with that as well, the, the other thing that comes to mind for me is the fact that you're playing at Arlington and make no mistake about that that gymnasium has a little bit of an intimidation factor because <laughs> of how tight close and loud everything can get in there so i'll ask from your perspective how is that something as a team you prep for well again we case in point and again just going back to last saturday uh full house at delphi st john's we're playing a very very good basketball team and ultimately you know our kids kind of embrace that 
um, in, in terms of that's that's what you hope for. You hope for, you know you want to see that night in and night out. Do you get that? No, uh, but we're going to see that for sure on Friday. And like I say, I just think down the road there's a you know there's a lot more uh, you know just competitive games that you know we better be ready for. And and just like you said, you know there's there's not really a whole lot you you know that you can do at this stage. Um, but again, I just think it's, you know, the kids have to embrace it. I, I, I just think that, you know, that that's, that's what, you, that's why you put in all the work to play in big games like this. And you mentioned it already a handful of times, the uh, big win you guys had on the road against Elvis St. John's. You also had a, a league matchup with Van Lu, and they of course have the reigning BBC player of the year in Jerome Kleffer. So that pose poses its own challenges. So what were the big things you saw from your team with those uh, two games over this past weekend? Well, and again, we had a, you know, it, it, it was good because we had a full week of preparation in terms of Van Lu. And like you said, uh, you know, you know, the Cleffer kids, the real deal. Um, and naturally the, the supporting cast has, has been improving as well. But, you know, again, we've, you know, we, we put the scouting report together Our you know, we, 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 we watch film, the kids watch film, just like, you know, just like the, all the other teams do. Uh, you put a game plan together. Ultimately, you know, sometimes that goes south and you have to adjust in the course of a game. But, you know, I could see early from Friday that, you know, we were we were where we were supposed to be defensively. Our kids, you know, were up to the challenge. And naturally, when you're starting to shoot the basketball pretty good, you know, it makes life a lot easier at the other end of the floor. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common, talking with Pandora Gaboa head boys basketball coach Mike Lee. And one guy that has been very impressive so far, Aiden Harris, has really kind of emerged as your go-to guy, 17 points a game. And I know he's kind of had his fingerprints all over uh, the program since you got him uh, in his freshman year. What can you say about the development we've seen from him from then up until what we see now? It's been really, uh, you know, I, I, I like I, I'm really pleased for him because, again, I go back to what I said earlier in the show, and that's the fact that, you know, when you put in the amount of time that that young man has over the past in the off season, uh, you start to reap the, you know, the reward, the benefit portion uh, during the season. But to his credit, um, he's he's more active off the dribble. Uh, when he came in as a younger, you know, younger freshman, uh, naturally he could always shoot the basketball, but he's just added a couple more pieces to his game uh, that you know can make life difficult for your for the opponent, which is you know from our perspective is a good thing. Um, but again, he, he's active at the defensive end. Uh, he's grown a little bit. He's 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 athletic. He's got long arms. Uh, he rebounds the basketball for so there, there's just other pieces of his game, uh, you know, that that has increased that's really, really, you know, done well for our program. And with the development of Aiden Harris, are, there are some other players, obviously, 11 and 2, you guys have really stepped up big this season once again. Clearly, some other players that have stepped in and taken on some of those roles are there, are there any in particular that really stand out that have had major development in one particular area? I mean, you allude to Aiden, like his rebounding has really come on strong. Is there any other players in particular that you've noticed as the season's gone on? It's like, you know what, this aspect of their game, they've really picked up in a good way. 
Well, I think, you know, again, not to not to mention each and every player, but you know, our rotations now, we've got it down to pretty much an, an, an eight-man rotation. We're not a very uh, tall, uh, physical basketball team. We like to spread the floor. Uh, we've got kids that, you know, are, are pretty darn good off the dribble. Uh, Aiden's twin brother, Colin, uh, we're starting to get a little bit more punch from him offensively. Um, the, the, the only two seniors I have have up their game as well. Derek Mag has done a very good job for us on the perimeter. Um, and then Jake Mag has really, uh, taken on a couple different roles. Um, but, but again, when, when, when we get some balanced offensive punch and it's like that with a lot of basketball teams, but when, when we can get some, you know, from scoring on the interior, a little bit scoring on the exterior, on the outside. Uh, it just makes uh, just makes life a lot easier. Let's put it that way. Talking with Mike Lee Pandora, Gaboa head boys basketball coach here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios, Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Already alluded to it a little bit, but on Friday night, you take on Arlington, another very good team, 9-4 and four so far on the season. What have been some of the things you've seen on film and getting ready for them on Friday? Well, there's some similarities between uh, Jason's ball club. And first of all, you know, he's he, he just does an outstanding job in terms of getting his personnel where they need to be and what they're looking for offensively. They're, they're solid defensively. Um, but there's a lot of similarities between our two basketball teams. They like to spread the floor. Uh, you've got to be in very good uh, uh, help position defensively and make sure our, your communication's good because – as soon as you, as soon as they break somebody down off the dribble, uh, they've got multiple kids that can hurt you on the perimeter, and then they've got a weapon on the inside that we're going to have to concern ourselves with as well, the Essinger kid. So they, you know, he, he's got a lot of rotations. Um, again, we're just going to have to be solid in terms of making sure that we close out on shooters and and do the job on the glass again we're not a we're not a powerful rebounding team but ultimately we want we just want to make sure that we stay with our particular opponent so naturally this presents a you know a, a very big challenge because again they're they're legit they're a very very good basketball team and coach i'm always curious about this one because we we watch bbc basketball bbc football bbc baseball i'm pretty sure at some point We'll pick up like BBC, I don't know, like kite flying or something like that. It's, it seems it's inevitable. We'll get to that stage. I have noticed though, it seems like Arlington always brings out the classic rivalry side in BBC sports, just across the board. Is, is that something that you guys feel going into games against them too, where it's like, you know what? This is Arlington. We got it. We really got to get after them on this. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It just seems like every time it's a game against Arlington, the intensity level picks up to about 12 for everyone. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, your, your, your previous, you know, what you did the previous year and the year before that, because again, year in and year out, uh, in the short time that I've been at Pandora, uh, it's been a dogfight back and forth. And it's a chess match during the course of a game, because again, when you put quality coaching, like we're going to see on Friday with talented athletes that typically are there year in and year out, uh, it's going to make for a competitive environment. So again, credit to, uh, to his program 
but again, I think you develop a lot of that just because of the, you know, again, the, just the, you know, the classic games that go on when you, when, when you're participating and when you're playing against them year in and year out. And as you've alluded to, going to be tough matchups for them. You mentioned it with Jake Vermillion on the outside, Ryler Esker on the inside. And, you know, they can both hurt you in, in different ways. Kind of where does the game planning start? Does it start with maybe focusing on one? Do you try and keep both as limited as you can? Like where where does the game plan process start with those guys? Well, it would be great if we could just focus on one or two, but you can't do that with Arlington because, again, they have a lot of different uh, weapons that, you know, that can hurt you in various spots on the floor. So again, we will, we, we have already started addressing, uh, and hopefully the rest of this week relative to, you know, just making sure our rotations are solid, making sure we're in the right spots defensively. Uh, we can't give up easy things in transition. That's hurt us a couple different times. Um, Again, you just have you have to take away kind of the, the the quote quote easy scoring opportunities, and if you can do that and limit those you know limit those possessions, you know it just gives your basketball team a little bit better opportunity. So you know again, we don't have to be perfect, um, but we have to be very very good, um, pretty much at the defensive end of the floor because they can fill it up in a hurry. And with that being very, very good, maybe not necessarily perfect on the defensive end. I don't think anyone can be perfect on the defensive end. I've yet to see a shutout in basketball. So <laughs> I'm, I'm fair, fairly confident that that if you do, you retire that day. Because yeah, exactly. You're yeah. done. You, you've achieved everything you possibly can. <laughs> in regards to that, I, I would love your thoughts on this because you mentioned they can score in a variety of ways. They got Essener. They got Vermillion on the outside. They got a few other players that can go on the outside from a counter strategy standpoint is that more where then okay the transition game where we really got to keep the tempo going is what dictates how you guys are going to go against them or is it more let's just see what they give us on friday night i think this is going to be a, a, a again i've been wrong and and proven wrong many many times but uh our past meetings with them and i'm kind of anticipating this on friday i think it's going to come down to um, again, both teams will limit stuff in transition. Um, it's going to come down to what your ex execution is like in the half court, because again, uh, if both of us are getting back defensively, you're going to have to execute offensively against a very good defensive uh, basketball team. And that's what Jason's got. So ultimately it's what we do. We're going to have to shoot the ball fairly decent um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this is going to be in the fifties or below and, and trust me, like I said earlier, I've been wrong many a time. This has been Pandora Gaboa head boys, basketball coach, Mike Lee coach. Thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on Friday against Arlington and throughout the rest of the season. I appreciate it guys. Thanks for your time. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Fall Astoria head girls basketball coach Craig Mintz here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner. Warner. 
Warner Buick GMC can help you find the money you need for a car. Call 419-429-6157. That's 419-429-6157. Or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com. Let Warner help you get a car today. For price, selection, and service, Warner won't be beat. For over 100 years, iron workers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are iron worker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Iron Workers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Come on now, you know you've heard of those famous breadsticks. The ones oozing with cheese and a variety of other toppings you can choose from? That's right, the ones from Campus Poly Ice, the world famous ones. Don't forget Campus Poly Ice for tasty subs, pizza, your favorite beer, and even salads. One of Finley's best kept secrets. Don't forget to try the house-made ranch dressing. Getting your favorite goodie from Campus Poly Ice is easy. Located at 339 South Blanchard Street, Campus Poly Ice offers dine-in, carry-out, or delivery. What you waiting on? Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common, hanging out with you here. Thursday night, we'll have a rivalry matchup in high school. Girls basketball, Hopewell Loudon takes on Faustoria. Matt Common, Tom Grind have that one for you Thursday night on WFOB. We're now pleased to be joined here by Faustoria head girls basketball coach Craig Mintz in the Frickers Zoom room. Coach, how you doing? Another day in paradise. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing good. Thank you again for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Uh, really appreciate it. Hey, no worries. For you, so what was it like uh, getting ready uh, for this season compared to the last few years? Because you had a lot of players coming back that had played a lot of significant time over the last year or two. How much did that help uh, kind of jumpstart things getting ready for the season? Uh, it's much easier. Um, you still got to figure out how you're going to replace, um, you know, girls that do leave, um, and, and so those are the little bit of a tougher spots. Uh, we've had to have moved some players around. So the summer that, you know, the players that had to move were playing different spots all summer. So it did create a, a little bit of a jump start uh, versus, you know, the previous years where, you know, it was basically learning from scratch. So, um, you know, having um, most of your scoring come back, most of your starting five come back um, really helps jumpstart it into the, into the season. Um, in our, our summer, we had a, a pretty solid summer when it comes to girls basketball. Um, so, you know, that, that helped us, um, from day one, be pretty, you know, on the right foot. And coach definitely seems on the right foot would be an understatement. Look at your record right now, currently standing at 11 and one, at least my current estimation, feel free to correct me if it's now 12 and one or anything like that. Nope. You're good. Uh, uh having seen you guys a couple of times, I mean, it, it shows that the chemistry already seems to be there. The camaraderie already seems to be there. Uh, how much of that are you attributing to what happened in the summer versus just the fact of the matter, these girls have been playing together for a while. I mean, this, uh, 
a girls team that by all accounts, their junior high years, they didn't lose. They just, they not only didn't lose, they just didn't lose period. It's I think they went undefeated sixth through eighth grade. So uh, how much of that is just natural chemistry that this team seems to have now? Um, I think that's, that's a huge part of it, whether they're, they're playing together with some, you know, kids who are used to playing together, but, you know, we still have a lot of, um, you know, we have junior with Carmel Williams and we have uh, senior with Jenna, Jenna Johnson, um, Garyana Overton and Ella Bros. I mean, those three plus though, you know, plus karma added into the sophomores, they've been able to blend um, really well this year together, um, being able to play on the same page, knowing where one's going to be, trusting one another. It's taken us a little while to get there, um, but I think the more we continue, the more we play, um, the better we're going to get throughout the season. And and it's crazy to say that you know only you're at 12 games and you got 10 more to go, and you know we're already in January, so uh, we still have a lot of basketball to go yet. Um, you know, so we're excited for it though, and and it's something that uh, we're bringing a little buzz to the city. Um, buzz around the school is kind of fun to, to see and, and watch the girls kind of, uh, you know, light up when they, you know, they see their names and papers and, you know, they hear their names on radios and stuff of that nature. So it's fun to, to be able to bring light to, to a uh, program that hasn't had a lot of light over the, over the course of its history. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Classic, it's 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Common, talking with Fostoria head girls basketball coach Craig Minson. You alluded to it before, but you've had a lot of tough games throughout the early part of the season, even though with the way the schedule winds up, you have still have a lot of games in the second half. But what can you say kind of about your team and where they are at this point of the season because of with at least how the girls' basketball calendar is, you have just under a month to go, but still a lot of games, as you mentioned, left to be played. Yeah, I mean, um, our, our team's doing, you know, we're we're going in the right direction. I still don't think we're playing to where we need to play yet. Um, you know, we, it's, um, I have high expectations. I think that's part of some of the issue with uh, that. Um, you know, but I've seen these girls at practice and I've seen these girls when they get to another level, um, it, it's very dangerous. Um, and we've only just caught glimpses of it in games. Um, and I think that once we do hit on all cylinders, it's going to be tough to play against. Um, you know, we have some big games this week. Um, we have one tonight um, against sitting third place uh, Elmwood. Um, and the only two losses are to us at Woodmore. So they're, they're a pretty solid team. Um, you know, and then obviously our thousandth game on Thursday against Hopewell Crosstown rival, which is kind of fun. Um, and then we have a big game Saturday, uh, against Woodmore who we went into overtime with. So this is after this week, it'll be a telling of, of, uh, how we fare and, and how we got, if we got better since the last time we played these guys, or, you know, if we stayed the same and they got better. So, um, hopefully at the end of this, uh, come Monday of next week, we're sitting and talking that, uh, we, you know, we played really well. Um, you know, and, and we can move on to the following week, um, sitting at, uh, what, uh, 14 and one. And coach, uh, looking at this team in particular, again, have, have had the chance to see them a couple times now. And I mean, my goodness, just an impressive, very talented group of young ladies, but if you really stand out to me in terms of what we've seen, I mean, my goodness, Garyana Overton, she received my first razzle dazzle on air with an incredible spin move against Rossford on that in that game to get an easy lay-in oh, where do you think your team's strength is right now because it seems like you guys can attack from both the outside and the inside and I'm, I'm still trying to get a read for it but it feels like you kind of want to push it a little bit more inside am I reading that correct or is it 
really you just take whatever the game is giving you that particular night. I, I think that we're going to be a kind of a, whatever the other team gives us. Um, I am more of a, I like to run and gun. Um, I love to push the ball at the basket or you know, push the ball up the floor, get it inside, lay it in and go, um, which then should open up your outside game. Um, which I think with Alicia Middlebrooks and, and uh, now Amijah Poole has come into it, another sophomore um, can really shoot the three. So it, it, then it brings them back out and then opens up our middle game again. Um, I, I love scoring points. Um, you know, I, it's something that I've always wanted to do, uh, even when I played. Um, you know, when I played in a system that was the same way as get the ball, let's go on, you know, on offense. Um, you know, we try to roughly average anywhere between 60 and 75 shots a game. That's our goal. Um, and we've been achieving that. Um, I think we're somewhere in the range of the upper fifties, um, on points per game. Um, our goal is 60. So we need to get a little bit better yet, but uh, I love that that style of play, pushing the ball, dumping it in your post, letting your post go to work. Uh, if they get doubled, you kick out for a shot. So the inside-out game is something that we're working on. Um, we're getting it there, but it's something that um, it's new for these kids. It's it's hard to play at that speed for that long, um, and they know that. Um, you know, my first couple of years here, they they was, people were starting to find out how fast I want to play. Um, and it's not easy to be a, a, a lady red because of how hard we go. True or false. Does the fact that you like playing fast have anything to do with your also love for cars and driving? I'm pretty sure my entire life is based off of uh, that being true. And everything I do is as fast as possible. Um, now there are times that that's probably not a good thing. Um, and, and, you know, we've, you either probably have lost some games or, or have made games closer because of that. So, um, you know, it's still something that I, is, I've always loved watching high paced, fast games. Um, even when I watch boys, I, I love watching teams push the ball up the floor um, and, and get those, you know, open looks and get those dunks and get those things that are that kind of style where it's fun to watch. You know, a lot of times that, you know, people forget that people are paying to come watch high school girls basketball in cases and, and they don't want to sit through a 21 to 20 game um, and because it's boring. Um, and, and if we can do that and win games and, and, and have some fun while doing it, then that's even better. So just so we're all on the same page here. Mike D'Antoni, Phoenix Suns, yes. Jerry Sloan, Utah Jazz, no. <laughs> you, you got it. Exactly. Okay, I can work with that. I, I can definitely work with that going forward. And, uh, I mean, Coach, the one thing that really complements that tempo that you guys really try to push, and I, I know myself and uh, Coach Grind talk about repeatedly when we're on air, it's the defense, the, just the stifling defense that you guys are capable of. Can you talk us through a little bit of the mindset that you guys have defensively going into games? Because the, the couple that I've seen so far, it, I, I wouldn't want to be defended by any of your players. It's I feel I'd end up very bruised and not scoring any baskets. <laughs> yeah, um, that's something that we've tried to get into their brain is, is a little bit you can't let them score because if they score, it takes too long to get down the floor again. And we get back into that that speed, quickness, getting steals, getting pushing the ball um, and just wearing teams out mentally. Um, because after, you know, 16 and 24 minutes of being pressed and 24 minutes of, you know, you have Gariana Overton who is pushing six foot. You have Alicia that is pushing six foot with wingspans that are pretty large. Um, with the, you know, then you start adding um, Lyric Johnson, who's got some pretty l- large wingspan and can jump out of the gym. 
and you get these kids flying around and, and the passing lanes become short and you know these kids it normally with height you know you tend to lose the quickness and and they don't they didn't lose the quickness so that is a blessing for us to be able to coach something that you know you don't get to see very often um, and our mentality of, of getting the ball, letting it, you know, we press every on occasion just to speed them up a little bit, but then we drop back and, you know, then do a little bit more of, we're going to crowd you to one side, keep you on that side and make you shoot a shot that you're not comfortable with. Um, and it's something that um, our coaching staff that I, I give them full credit that they can come to me every game and say, Hey, you know, these guys shoot predominantly here. Um, let's move them to this spot and, and that'll really help us. So every game that we have a different game plan for, for every different school that we play. Um, and, and, um, and we've up until this point have been able to execute it uh, minus the Woodmore game at their place. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Frickers Studios, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common, talking with Fostoria head girls basketball coach Craig Menson. As you noted to, as you alluded to, it's been noted that the girls program at Fostoria, they've had their share, uh, really even more than their share, of some of those rough stretches over the years. And you now have them in a position to get their first winning season since that 2022-2002 rather uh, and 2003 season. What have been the biggest differences for you as someone who's now been there a handful of years? What have been the biggest differences to kind of help get this program uh, getting back in the right direction? Um, I think it was, I mean, there wasn't anything that was really, you know, set aside that, you know, this is really wrong or this is, you know, not correct. Um, I think it was just getting confidence and, and building a culture that, you know, that we are, you know, we're one of the toughest schools as far as kids um, being able to be strong, being able to do the things that, you know, aren't easy in life and, and take that and put it on a basketball floor. Um, and then they've been able to do that. And, you know, it's not, um, it's not something that, you know, I hide from that, you know, having a good group of, you know, five to eight sophomores that can play um, definitely helps that. Um, there's no questioning that, you know, bringing in talent like that when they, you know, they come up the rankings is, is something that you can't hide from that changes it over. But I think having the mentality of, of we hold ourselves to a higher standards and it didn't happen overnight. Um, and I think that uh, over the course of the couple of years that we've been there, I've been there, you know, we've seen a change, um, you know, now we go in travel suits and, and, you know, we, we represent ourselves the way we should. And, and we get that, um, that, you know, we, 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 we demand the respect that, you know, that we think we earn. Um, and I think the girls are finally starting to see that outside of, you know, the basketball floor. And then they do see it on the basketball floor as well. Um, so I think it's cool um, to be able to come in and, and change a culture to, to what you think could be there. Now, it wasn't something that you can flip the apple cart over and, and say, we got to, you know, basically turn us into military. Um, but I think that uh, with some minor changes that, you know, our, our staff made, um, to some rules and to the way things that are done, I think really helped over the course of the last couple of years. And coach, just to kind of stick with the culture change and the philosophy and the, just frankly, the attitude change with Fostoria and in particular being led by your team, it's, I don't think it's much of a secret that Fostoria for sports as a whole has kind of fallen on a little bit of hard times as of late over the past few years, but more importantly, that the town kind of feels that too. So uh, from your perspective, obviously 
you've mentioned that you feel the culture changes and girls are starting to see it outside from the court and away from the court as well. But how big do you think it is for this program to get this winning season, to be on track, to get their first winning season in since 2002? And more importantly, how do you think that feels for Fostori as a whole, just the community to be able to be like, okay, we have something we can really start building towards here. I think it's really important. Um, I think it's important for the program. I think it's important for um, that. And and the biggest thing that I want to do is, is if we have a winning season this year, I want to have one next year and the year following, I want to be able to sustain it um, because, you know, I've seen a lot of programs struggle and they'll have one spark or, or one spike of a good year um, followed by another bad year or continuous. Um, so if you can build something that is there for two, three, four years, um, then what you do is you build a confidence uh, of of the younger groups um you know because in in fourth fifth and sixth grade seventh grade and even eighth grade if you're a, a basketball player and you don't really love it you know is that you something you got to tell yourself is do i really want to be a part of a program that you know is you know for the next four years i might win 10 games combined do i want to do that and if you're if you flip-flop that and you know now they're sitting there sixth seventh eighth grade and they're like man they're starting to win i really want to be a part of this you always find that um, lack of better terms is a diamond in a rough um, player that you wouldn't expect it to be as good as they are that decides to play because the, the program's winning, um, you know, and then that doesn't even include some of the, the, you know, kids that decided, you know, I, I, I want to go here to be, go to school, you know, so there's a lot of cool things that comes with winning um, over that. But I think also is for the girls that I got now, the seniors and juniors who have went through a hard time of their first, you know, four years and three years um, where they only won a couple games. I think this is for me more rewarding for them um, to watch them knowing that going into a game that they're favored to win. Um, they're going into games that they expect to win. And you know, four years ago with Carriana Overton and, and Jenna and those, we were just going in and hoping that we didn't give up 100 points. Um, so I think it's a huge change and, and it's good for the city. Um, I've already had a lot of messages from people outside of the district and or outside of our school that have said, you know, congratulations, keep going. Um, we're going to be there on Saturday or we're going to be there on Thursday, um, which is even cool. So we can start packing these, uh, the gym. Um, and, the, and the outside people that haven't been to a couple of games can see how beautiful of a facility we have. Um, and they can get excited about something that is uh, some kids playing, um, you know, some a really good basketball um, and, and be able to enjoy the, the surroundings. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Classic hits 96.7 WBVI ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Cobbman talking with Fostoria head girls basketball coach Craig Mintz here in the Frickers Zoom room. As we've mentioned uh, before, Thursday night you'll take on Hopewell Loudon. Pretty good team overall. They've been pretty successful for the most part over the last few years. And also, as we already mentioned, a nearby rival as well on top of that. What are some of the things you're looking forward to in that uh, non-league matchup on Thursday? Um, I, I look always for, look forward to always playing. Um, you know, Hopewell, I always, that's kind of, like I said, you, when you go to a school, I'm, you know, obviously in a little bit of an outsider when I, I didn't go to Falstoria, you know, but I remember being a kid and, and being from Gippsburg and playing, you know, a, a Lakota. That was our rival and I loved it. Um, and no matter the team's records or no matter that, it always seemed to be a battle. Um, and I think that's what we're going to get um, on Thursday. They're a very solid team. 
Um, they're very disciplined, very being able to do the X's and O's properly. Um, and, and they got some athletes. So um, we're looking that uh, we got to come in, we got to stop some players that uh, we feel that are, are key to their success. Um, and hopefully we can do that defensively um, and then um, get out and run, get out and push the ball um, and, and try to do it as, as score as many points as possible. Um, you know, obviously, you know, our goal is still 60. And I still think that, you know, if you score 60 points in a girls basketball game, you should be winning. Um, if you're not, your defense isn't, isn't playing well enough. So um, we'll come in out and try to play our game um, and, and try to shut down uh, their, their offensive style and, and see how it goes. And coach, you mentioned it earlier and I feel bad. I, my apologies. I didn't realize the historical context behind the game on Thursday, that this is going to be the 1000th game for Fostoria girls basketball. Can, can you talk a little bit to that? Just the, the, the history behind that. I mean, that's, I have to imagine that's pretty cool from a coaching perspective, man. I'm the coach for the 1000th game in the history of the program. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's really cool to be a part of. Um, I didn't even know anything about it, obviously, until um, I, I didn't know anything about more of it, I guess you'd say, um, until a week ago. Um, and I think it was actually stumbled upon um, by Matthew Swarczyk, who was a previous coach, um, who's our stats guy. Um, and he's like, hey, I, we just came across this. So um, it's really cool to be a part of the history um, and, and to know all the names that have walked through there. Um, and, and being able to um, say that I was a, a part of that 1,000th game or I helped build up that 1,000th game. Um, you know, when I'm done coaching girls basketball and I'm done with, you know, all this, I'm going to be able to look back at it and go, you know, it's pretty cool to be a part of this and, and to leave my mark on the program. Um, and and um, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know if we're doing anything special, um, but it's uh, 1,000 games is a lot of, lot of basketball. Um, and... Uh, and it's something that I think Thursday will be, it'll be fun. And then you don't have a, a whole lot of time to rest because on Saturday, as we mentioned before, you'll take on Woodmore and that's the one blemish on the season thus far in terms of wins and losses. What do you expect to see from them uh, the second time around? Um, we're, you will see um, everything that they got at the throw at us. Um, and it'll be, you know, it's going to be a packed house. You know, we're going to have, you know, a lot of people there. There's going to be a lot of, um, you know, um, lack of high emotions, high of nervousness. Um, I can tell you, I've um, been, you know, coaching for quite a while and this game, you know, has kind of got me already up at night um, thinking about it. Um, but I got to get through the first two first. Um, we don't win tonight. Um, th Saturday doesn't mean anything. So we got to, got to, you know, play one game at a time. Um, you know, Kyle, coach Kyle Claire Woodmore always has these girls very disciplined, very, um, they play wide open. Um, you know, Macy, who's uh, a very good point guard um, for Woodmore is, uh, you know, she scored 30 points on us when we were at that, their place. And um, we can't let that happen again. Um, you know, we can, if we can continue to do what we did, you know, the previous game against them, but kind of shut her down a little bit more. Um, I think we'll be okay. Um, but I think it's going to be a back and forth battle last year. Um, we went into overtime again over at their place, the same thing. Um, and it went down to the wire within one or two points at our house, the, you know, that time. So I think we've played three games and the total number of points between the two of us has been like 11, uh, over those three, three, uh, games. So, um, it'll be something that'll be fun, um, that, uh, I look forward to on Saturday, every time we get to play them, it's always fun. So, 
um, Saturday will be a one for the ages, I hope, and uh, hopefully it's the start of our girls being able to rewrite history. Oh, well, Tom and I are definitely going to be there for that one calling the game, so I hope it's one for the ages. That would make it a very, very entertaining broadcast yes. overall. So here, here's hope that you're, you got that one called right, though. I do have the far more important question. Three games, five days, not necessarily easy opponents across the board, for those three opponents, you have a very high speed offense, very aggressive defense. The real question, you know, what's the secret? Is it Gatorade? Is it Pedialyte? How are you going to keep them upright? Uh, the, pro- the, the problem with those guys is, is that our girls is, is and, they're, and they'll, they'll be completely honest with you is, is they don't even know what Pedialyte and half of them don't know what Gatorade is. Um, they, I don't know what it is about this generation, but uh, if you give them some uh, Taco Bell and some McDonald's, they'll be able to run for a little while. I don't get it. Um, I know back when I played, there was no way I could do it. Um, but it's something that, you know, every team goes through a stretch like this. They Every team has a, a three game in five days or, or something along those lines. I know we really got into it when we were in, in the COVID years. Uh, at one point, we had seven games in 11 days or 12 days, um, something crazy like that. Um, and you know, we came out with it. The biggest thing is, is you get through without injuries. Um, in the off days, you, you try to, you know, not be a, a full resting day. I think if you rest, it makes it worse. Um, more of a kind of a lighter day, but you know, we'll get through it. Um, coach Ballman, um, who is our strength and lifting coach does an amazing job with these girls, getting them prepped, um, and ready for each game as far as in the weight rooms and, and being able to that, that conditioning part of it. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't bat an eye at that. Um, it's not going to be easy. I can tell you on Saturday after that game, they're going to be exhausted, but, um, I know that this group's up for the challenge and, and they've already said that, you know, we're ready to go. And, uh, this is the biggest week that we've had to, to date. This has been Foss Doria head girls basketball coach, Craig Minch coach. Thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck against Hopewell on Thursday and against everybody else uh, and throughout the rest of the way. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks guys. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Hopewell Loudon head girls basketball coach Steve Suter here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Great news, Fostoria. The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley Streets is now open. This watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to purchase pure water. You can also use the watershed off of Plaza Drive. Both watersheds are open 24-7 every day of the year. So grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you. For more info, go to nwwsd.org. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a $0.25 shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Welcome to Bigby Coffee, your home away from home that picks you up and leaves you in a better mood than when you arrived. No matter who you are, we know we'll have a drink for you and her and him. You see, here at Bigby, we can customize our drinks for each person, dairy or no dairy, coffee or no coffee. We've got you covered, hot, iced or frozen. Bigby Coffee is one of a kind, 
just like you. With locations on Tiffin Avenue and Trenton Avenue in Finley to serve you. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you until 7.30. Thursday, we have a rivalry matchup in high school girls basketball. Hopewell Loudon taking on Faustoria. Matt Common, Tom Grind have that one for you Thursday night on WFOB. We're now pleased to be joined by Hopewell Loudon head girls basketball coach Steve Suter here in the Frickers Zoom room. Coach, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Thank you again for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Really, I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So for you, you're now in your uh, second year as the head girls basketball coach at Hopewell. What were some of the differences in getting ready for this season compared to your first season at the helm? Well, the girls want, the biggest thing is the girls know what to expect. Um, you know, we work on last year, you know, starting to establish the program, um, so this year we're just looking to improve things. So do practices run smoother, uh, game planning runs smoother. The girls, you know, all I have to do is call it a drill. They know exactly what drill we're going to. Uh, the expectation is there. You know, that's one, another thing when you start to program, you want to make sure that you establish what the program is going to be based on. And, you know, we're just going to continue that all the way through. We, we want to be a defensive minded team. Uh, we want to be a team that shares the basketball team that plays hard, shows other teams different looks, and, and skill-wise can, can compete with anybody in the area. And I think we're, we're, we've taken a big step this year towards that direction. You, of course, spend uh, some time on the boys' side of things at Hopewell with Coach Roger Jury. What were some of the things you learned uh, when work with him? Oh, it, just the my, – my time with Coach Jury was just absolutely amazing. You know, there's just the building of a program. Um, you know, just all the little things that go into that, the, the daily drills, the, the skill work, um, you know, basketball has just become a game here over the last probably 10 years, 15 years, uh, that has gotten more skill oriented. You know, you go back to when I was in high school playing a long, long time ago, um, you know, you ran sets and you, you ran the set and you ran the set and you ran the set and the guys that knew how to dribble, dribbled, the guys that knew how to shoot shot, the guys who knew how to rebound, rebounded and, and today's basketball game. It just requires such a skill set. Everybody has to be able to dribble. Everybody has to be able to shoot. Everybody has to be able to pass. Everybody has to be able to rebound. And, and Coach Jury was real, uh, real big uh, part of that. You know, the drills that he introduced to practice, the, uh, uh, the the skill work, the competition that we got into at practices. A lot of those things that he kind of established, I've carried over into the girls' program, and uh, I think it's really helped us. It's helped us get to that spot where we needed to be uh, with our skill level, so we can now be competitive with lots of schools we play. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios. Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM. WF will be talking with Hopewell Loudon Head Girls Basketball Coach Steve Suter. And you've had a handful of tough games throughout the season. Some of those you're on the right side of, some of those on the wrong side of. What's kind of the standpoint on where your team is at this point in the year with a little less than a month to go here in the regular season? Oh, I really like where our team's at. Uh, um, yeah, the last couple of games we've struggled uh, to shoot the ball a little bit, which is sort of a you know telltale sign of of the season. Basketball is just such a long season. You know, we've been we've been going since the beginning of November. Or actually, us it was the late, late October, and 
you're into that grind part of the schedule where you're playing two or three games every week and, and it's cold outside and it's dark when you come to school in the morning, it's dark when you leave practice. So um, we've had to make some adjustments this week. I, I think we've, we've done some things to kind of maybe spark a little bit of interest back into the program, um, changing some things up a little bit as far as the practice routine, trying to get through things a little bit quicker when it comes to, uh, to those kind of things. But, um, you know, we're, I like where we are. I like the direction we're heading. Um, we had a tough week last week, played some really good competition, uh, lost a tough game to Van Buren, uh, lost a game up at Danbury, a league game at, at Danbury on Saturday where we just didn't shoot the ball well. Um, you know, if we had just shot it a little bit better, defended just a little bit better, those would have been, uh, could have come out on the other side of those things. So I'm not in a, any kind of panic mode. Uh, we still have a long way to go. We're only one game into the second round of our um, uh, SBC schedule, which is which is great. I absolutely love the fact that they play everybody twice. I think you get a true measure of who the best team is. So you know we're we're one game down with a whole bunch to play and and pretty much control our own destiny. So I, I really like where we're at and the direction we're headed as a team. And as you mentioned, couple tough losses last week, Van Buren, Danbury. Not that you ever want to lose any game because you obviously go into every game wanting to win, but was there anything that really stuck out aside from, you know, some miscues here, some miscues there? Was there anything that was like, okay, this is maybe what we need to focus on in practice, you know, after some of those games? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we competed in both of those games, and I absolutely love that about our team. Uh, we were up, uh, we were down 13, I think, going into the fourth quarter at Danbury, and, and we sort of uh, just pulled out the, the speed lineup. We, we put some rules in that they don't normally play together and, and tried to crank up some half-court pressure, and we got some good things out of that. So that's that's a plus moving forward. Um, you know, we rebounded the ball very well in, in all three of our games last week. Um, so that's a, a continued plus, I think, at the girls' level, rebounding is, is something that, that kind of gets overlooked a little bit, and being able to limit the uh, teams and their um, extra shots that they get uh, was a good thing, and you know, Van Buren just had a couple girls step up and play well. The Busey girl played extremely well. She's a tough matchup for us inside. Danbury, they had a couple girls hit threes who hadn't even shot threes all season. So uh, again, it, it, even though you lost, you, you find the good in things, and, and we competed, and we played hard. Uh, just make a few more shots here and there, and both of those games could have been uh, a different outcome. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios talking with Hopewell Loudon head girls basketball coach Steve Suter. And one of the players that has really emerged for you has been Olivia Bishop, averaging about 13 points a game. What can you say about her and what her growth has been like throughout the year? Oh, her growth has just been amazing. Um, uh, Liv is just an athlete. Uh, she's a, a very good volleyball player. Um, athletic at the net, jumps well, runs well, sees the floor well. Um, so she's, she's been uh, absolutely fantastic for us this year. I, I think she's really, um, her knowledge of basketball and, and the basketball game is, is what's impressed me the most. You know, I, her scoring and her shooting and her defense are all great, but she's really taken the time to try to figure out things. Uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm one of those people I, I talk about no basketball and, you know, K-N-O-W basketball. You have to understand why we're doing things and what we're trying to do. And, and she's really uh, come into her own as far as, you know, being a first-year varsity starter and, and a big contributor to our team, understanding what she needs to do at certain times of the game and what her role is and, and, and seeing the whole force. So, yeah, she's been a, a, a bright surprise for us this year and, and a big reason why we're in the position that we are. Carly Kaufman, another important player for you, had missed a lot of time last season because of some injuries. How important has she been when she's been able to be on the floor for you? 
Oh, Carly's an extremely important part of the the, the equation. You know, her, her freshman year, getting to play with uh, Michaela and Olivia, and, and being part of that really really good team there. Um, you know, she knows what it takes to be successful. She knows what it takes to uh, to win basketball games. You know, I, I call Carly our anchor in the middle of the floor. Um, you know, her her ability to rebound the basketball, her ability to, to find shots inside. Um, and even she, she's a tough matchup for teams. Her ball handling skills are good. We, we, we count on her to, to help break presses at times. Uh, she's able to shoot the ball. Her three-point shooting is, is improved. Uh, you know, she get, keeping her healthy has been a big, big key for, for us this year. And, um, you know, I think that's what, what one, something that really hurt us last year. We, we started to kind of get in the groove of things last year and kind of understand what we were trying to do. And then she got hurt and had that foot issue. And we really missed her presence inside. So it, it's nice to, to have her consistency and know exactly what you can get from Carly night in and night out. And you also have the two Daniel sisters playing roles for you with Ashley and Anna. What can you tell about, tell us about them and what they bring to the team? Oh, they, they're just, uh, they're shooting. Um, you know, Ashley's been through the wars a little bit too with, with playing uh, quite a bit last year. Um, good ball handler, good shooter. Um, Ashley's also one of those girls that, that's willing to do whatever it takes to win basketball games. You know, a couple of games ago, we asked her to guard one of the better players on the floor and she did a really nice job on that. Uh, last couple of games, her rebounding has really improved. Uh, so, you know, the, the, anything she gives us is, is really a, a plus and, and a positive. And, and Anna Daniel, um, just a good shooter. Uh, Anna's, you know, again, first-year varsity player, trying to figure things out a little bit, the speed of the game, the, the aggressiveness of the game. Um, at times, she kind of doesn't adjust very well to that. But the last couple of games, she's really been a, a solid player for us. Um, again, somebody else that can stretch the floor, a, a big that can shoot the three. Uh, we would talk a couple games ago. She's come off of uh, two or three games where she didn't shoot it very well, and I had made the comment that, "Hey, keep shooting. You're going to hit like you've missed your last nine that you've taken, but you're going to make the last, the next nine that you take." And then she went out and made like four or five in a row in, in a couple games. So, um, yeah, a, a big, a big part of our our program and what we're what we're trying to do, you know, is shoot the basketball and, and put players in different spots. Uh, to where they be, they can be successful, and Anna's done a nice job with that. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. Classic hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB talking with Hope Allowed and head girls basketball coach Steve Suter. A- anybody we haven't mentioned by name that is a key part of the team, whether it's on the floor, off the floor, whatever it might be, who are some of those other players that uh, deserve, a, deserve a shout out? Well, Taryn Hampton has been really good for us the last couple of games. Uh, you know, Taryn, uh, Taryn's focus, uh, you know, she, she's a three sports star here at Hope Post, plays volleyball, softball is her favorite sport. Um, and maybe at times she doesn't spend as much time on basketball as, as she needs to, but she's really come on here the last couple of games. Um, well, actually mid-season, uh, we, we kind of had a talk about her being our sixth man and coming off the bench and providing a spark for us. And, and, and she really has done that for us. I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, sometimes as a senior, you know, you want to start, you want to do this, you want to do that. But uh, to be an unselfish player and, and to do what's best for the team and come off the bench has been a valuable asset to us. Um, Kylie Maligon, our point guard, has, has had a really solid season too. You know, you get a first-year varsity starter, you're throwing her in. Even though she's a junior, you're throwing her into the mix where she's got a guard. Uh, and bring the ball up the floor against some really good players in our league, the Macy Millers, the, uh, the Carly Fooses of, of the league. Um, you know, she's done a really solid job for us at the point. 
Uh, and Isabel Beidelchies has, has been a really uh, solid player for us too. Uh, Is is one of those players who just does whatever she needs to do for us. If she needs to play defense this game, she'll play defense. If she needs to rebound, she'll rebound. If we need her to score, she'll score. Uh, she's just a, kind of a, a Swiss Army knife, so to speak, of, of players, and, and she's willing to do whatever uh, she needs to do. And, and our other big contributor this year has been a girl by the name of Sydney Brickner. Sydney's a sophomore. Um, unbelievably uh, unbelievable athlete, great quickness, um, gets up and down the floor, probably the fastest person we have on our team from end to end with basketball. And, and she's um, she struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year with, the, again, the speed and the aggressiveness at the varsity level. But uh, last, uh, probably five or six games, she's really done a nice job coming off the bench for us and, and, and being a good solid back for us. So that's, our, that's pretty much our, our great eight, uh, the eight girls who uh, play uh, most of our minutes and, and contribute most to our team. And Thursday night, tough matchup taking on Fostoria. Also, big rival matchup as well. Very improved team from what they've been the last few seasons. What have been some of the things you've seen uh, from them on film and getting ready for that one? Oh, their athletic ability is just uh, really good. They're long. Uh, Middlebrooks um, is is long, and the Overton girl is long, extremely long. Um, you know, the Johnson girl is, is long, you know, and they're long and athletic girls. They run the floor extremely well. And Craig does a very good job of putting them in, in positions where they can use that length and use that athletic ability. The Overton girl plays the top of the classes and just is a, is a nightmare to pass for the top of. And, and Middlebrooks plays the back and then she's like the, uh, the traffic cop back there. She sees everything is quick to the ball and, and can get there. Um, yeah, Craig's done a really good job with them. Their, their skill level has gone up. Uh, you know, they, 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 they like playing with each other. This should be a, a really exciting game. You know, they beat Elmwood last night. So I think they're 12 and one. We're 11 and three. It's probably been a long time since a Hopewell Fostoria girls game had matched up two teams with, with that many wins and that kind of winning percentage. So uh, this is a big game for us. I think it's their 1000th uh, game in their girls program. Um, so I know there's going to be some hype about that a little bit. I think I read an article in the paper today about it. Um, all our girls know all their girls and, and, you know, they've got their relationships and friendly rivalries and, and things like that. So, uh, and this is a great opportunity for us to talk about late in the season um, tournament type atmosphere at their place and some hostile environment uh, against a really good team. So th this will go a long way to helping us when it comes to the tournament. And if you can't make it out to that one, we will have that one on the air on WFOB Thursday night as well. But then uh, you get right back at it on uh, Saturday, taking on a Gibsonburg team, one of the teams you did lose to earlier on in the year. What are going to be, obviously you got to get through the Fostoria matchup first, but what are some of the things you're looking forward to for that one on Saturday in that uh, rematch? Well, that's exactly it. It's a rematch. Uh, you know, we, we got off to such a poor start against them here at our place. We were down 17 to two at the end of the first quarter and then we battled back and only lose by two. Actually had to lead uh, late a couple of times. Um, so, you know, our girls have been talking about that. We were missing Carly back then. Um, um, she had a, an appendix issue and actually had her appendix out after our first game. So she missed the next three. Um, so we missed her for that game, which her and, and the Bloomfield girl girl would be a good matchup. But, uh, um, they're, they're a good team. They're a solid team. They're athletic. They've got four girls that can, can lead, be their leading scorer every night. The Bloomfield girls, uh, a tough matchup inside. Um, they've got a couple quick guards. They, you know, Bo gets out and, and presses and, and again, does a very good job of putting his girls in position where they can be successful uh, with their pressure. Um, so we'll have to handle that. We'll have to shoot well and, and we'll have to play really good defense. I'm looking forward to that one too. Again, a little, Match a rematch, a little revenge game for us. Hopefully our girls are ready for that one too. 
This has been Hopewell Loudon head girls basketball coach Steve Suter. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck tomorrow night against Voss Story and then throughout the rest of the way. Thanks, Lance. I appreciate your time. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout, then we'll come back and review and preview the NFL playoffs here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. Frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks. When there's no time to make food for your holiday party, carry out four pounds of frickin' chicken chunks for only $34.99. Give the gift that always fits a $25 Frickers gift card and get five frickin' bonus bucks free. Let them get what they really want. It's 10 p.m. and oh shoot, you didn't make that appointment for your aching knee. Guess what? Northwest Ohio Orthopedics is making it easier for patients to schedule their appointments. Online scheduling is now available. Hop online and schedule right away with whatever day and time works best for you and your family. The new online scheduling benefit is available at all six NWO locations. Finlay, Tiffin, Fremont, Fastoria, Bluffton, and Bowling Green. NWO is always working to make things easier for their patients. Go online, schedule, and bam, done. Need new tires or tire service? Then Wilson Tire Company has you covered. Offering 15 brands of tires and providing 24-hour roadside assistance, Wilson Tire Company can get the job done. In business for over half a century, Wilson Tire Company has three convenient locations. Tiffin, Upper Sandusky, and Kenton. Wilson Tire Company offers mobile services, especially for commercial and farm applications. Check them out on the web for contact information or simply set an appointment from the comfort of your couch. Wilson Tire Company, a trusted partner for all your tire needs. Grit. The word is defined as having courage or strength of character. My name is Mitch Gardner, and I'm the owner of Grit. We are a personalized health and fitness organization that will help you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you. Let my staff at Grit encourage you to get healthy in the right way. It's time to take charge of your health, for yourself, your family, and your future. Grit is located behind Ace Hardware and Body Works 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Or reach out via email at grit, G-R-I-T-T dot training at gmail.com. Mac, we are here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM. WFOB Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Big thanks to Mike Lee from Pandora, Gilboa, Craig Mintz from Fall Story, and Steve Suter from Hopewell Loudon for joining us on the show tonight. If you missed any part of our show or just want to hear it again, head over to WFB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons. And while we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless Frickin' Chicken Wings Day. Tuesday, Frickin' Chicken Wings Day. Tonight, you get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their Frickin' Chicken Chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the KO window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All daily specials, dine in only. Download the Frickers app to see more. And to place an order, find them online at Frickers.com. And Matt, as we uh, as we alluded to off, uh, off the jump, the... Uh, NFL playoffs continued last weekend. Uh, a lot of good things to talk about, some not-so-good things to talk about, and we will run through those right now. Let's start with that first I, I game. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Well, neither do I, but we don't really have a choice. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, luckily, yours is at least the last one, so we'll, you, we, we can build up to that. Yeah, go ahead. Fine. <laughs> first game, we had uh, Seahawks, Niners, not surprising that the Niners won. Final score was 41-23. I think it was kind of more surprising just that the Seahawks 
looked okay in the first half and actually did have the lead going into halftime. What were what were your thoughts from that first game? You know, it, it kind of landed where I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a better game than most people expected. I did think that San Francisco would pull away by the time it was all said and done. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a halfway decent game. I think Geno Smith, um, you know, uh, asserted himself quite effectively and may not have been his best performance of the season, but having a playoff game under his belt, at least performing decently overall, he certainly has earned himself a very nice paycheck from some of the team in the NFL next season, if not back at Seattle as their QB. So I, I thought he looked good in the 49ers. They just, man, I don't know if there's a team in the NFC that can stop them. I, I think they're kind of a predetermined the N- NFC champion. It, we'll see what happens with Philly this coming up weekend, what they can bring to the table. But my goodness, they, they just looked the part. They really looked the part. Fair enough. But now we uh, unfortunately have to talk about uh, a team that should be barred essentially from existence the Chargers and the Jags, Chargers blowing a 27 nothing lead. I, I don't have anything uh I don't have anything groundbreaking to say. Just how how do you how do you do that? You be you should be ashamed. What what are you what are you doing? Come on. Spotted kitty go meow. <laughs> That's uh I'm I'm beyond floored what happened in that game. You're winning twenty seven to nothing. You have somehow proven Trevor Lawrence to be a fraud in his first playoff game with four first half interceptions. And somehow you prove Trevor Lawrence to be a stud with letting him lead a massive comeback against you. And I, I got to tell you, you know, there's a small part of me that says you got to give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson. And that is, I put it out there as a tweet. It's like, it, it needs to be said. This is a very similar roster to the roster they had last year with maybe a receiver, like a couple receiver and skill position exceptions. Let's just call it as this. Urban Meyer was a horrible NFL coach. Right. Because you had most of this talent already there in Jacksonville. And for the Chargers, I mean, your your primary team, of course, it looks like the backup team that you were almost going to pick beat them. So you might want to consider jumping on the Jags bandwagon like I have. Duval, go cats. But um uh my my opinion is that Brandon Staley should not have a job anymore. H- how he does is beyond me. Between the Mike Williams situation, blowing a 27 to nothing lead, that that is the second worst blown lead in the history of the postseason. So how he survived that after squeaking in the postseason with the talent he has on that roster, with the players overall on that roster. No, I'm sorry. I, I think the issue is coaching, and Staley might be the problem there, not their offensive coordinator. I think it's Staley at that stage. Your your offense got you 27 points in one half. Your offense wasn't the problem. You being able to maintain a lead is the problem. Yeah, it's it it's it's frustrating. You mentioned the Mike Williams thing. He gets hurt in a game that they didn't have to play anybody. That's that's the big reason why you mentioned that issue. But you can you can talk about what Staley did both in the game against the Jags, and you can talk about how he mismanaged things in the last regular season game a year ago to where had they just – they could have obviously got in with a win – they could have also got in with a tie 
and they managed to make sure they lost rather than playing for a tie or trying to actually win the football game. And you have what happened on Saturday, and it's 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 inexcusable with with that team with the talent you had, even with some of those injuries. You had a lead that was twenty seven to nothing. If nothing else, just say Austin Eckler. I know we're not gonna get a touchdown on some of these plays, but just run the ball and get a couple yards and yeah. keep the clock moving. At that point. It doesn't matter because they pa- they tried passing too much. I forget the exact numbers, but it was like 26 to like 8 I think of run to p- or pass to run for the second half. I mean, if you're getting completions on all those if there are a lot of like checkdowns then okay, it kind of simulates running, but I mean, it's it's inexcusable to blow that kind of a lead when you had that much of a lead in a game on the road against a team that I mean you said it yourself Trevor Lawrence four picks in the first half granted not all of them were his fault there was some penalties that probably could have been called that negate some of those but I was genuinely curious I was like is there a chance that they like maybe take Trevor Lawrence out and go to whoever the backup is because I think it's like CJ Beathard for the Jags like is there a chance they do that just because he threw four interceptions in the first half and obviously we saw we did it in the second half and you just can't allow either of those things, both in the good on the Chargers and the bad on the Jags. You can't allow that script to flip that dramatically as it did. No, and that's the real problem. That's why for me, it's like respectfully, Brandon Staley's got to go. Um, talent level's too great in San, not San Diego, in LA. That's fine for them to have that type of meltdown in a game. And considering the fact these types of meltdowns were the reason Anthony Lynn lost his head coaching job with the Chargers. Say what you will about Anthony Lynn, but at least the rare occasions that they made the playoffs with him in command, they at least got the doors blown off of them. You knew they were going to lose that game. This one, they should have won. It should be the Chargers playing next week, but they completely melted down. And yeah, I'm with you. That second half, you're up 27 to nothing. Austin Eckler and Isaiah Spiller should have had 50 carries in the second half. Just, I, I don't care if we only get three yards of play, just run every play and we're getting out of here. It so, it reminds me of, there was, there was an office episode where they were tasked with moving boxes in the warehouse. The like actual office guys were tasked with doing stuff in the warehouse. And Ryan was, Ryan is Brandon Staley. In this scenario, because Ryan is like, hey, we need to do this, this and this and we'll officially move them faster. And Stanley comes in and he's like, this is a run the clock out situation. And we have Ryan over here trying to be Brandon Staley. And it's like, oh, let's do this, this and this and make it much worse and get grease everywhere and ruin the warehouse. That's what we had happen. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I. I'd like to come up with a better counterpoint, but you know, congratulations. You played yourselves. <laughs> it's you, you have another situation where a coach like Staley on the surface looks like a decent coach has their pedigree, has the resume, but just continually out coaches himself and over coaches himself. It's 
sometimes it sounds silly, but the the great ones like Andy Reid, uh, Bruce Arians when he was there, Mike Tomlin, they don't outcoach themselves because once they have an idea, they stick with it. They don't start playing this 4D chess that a lot of these new age coaches start to play. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Other side, we have uh, on first Sunday game, Dolphins-Bills. And really, all, all three of the games on Sunday were similar in their own way between Dolphins-Bills, Giants-Vikings, and Ravens-Bengals because they all were games that kind of were close for one reason or another, and they shouldn't have been because obviously the Bills had a 17-0 lead at one point against the Dolphins. The Vikings and Giants game... It wasn't as close as that score shows. The Giants were really in control for most of that game. And Ravens-Bengals, same kind of thing. Not surprising the Bengals won, just more surprised at the fact that it was only a one-score game for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go through these ones rapid fire a little bit more. Uh, Bills-Dolphins, I think that's a testament to how good the players around the quarterback are in Miami, that that one was still close. And I think really a testament to just how good Buffalo actually is, that they were able to hold on to it and still come away with a win. But if, if you're Miami, you got to feel pretty good between Skylar Thompson and Tua that you know, we probably have our quarterback room set going forward as long as Tua is able to return from his concussions issues that he had this year. But now nah, I'd say for Miami, you got to feel pretty good. Seems like Mike McDaniel's the guy, the defense it was just a rough day against Buffalo. Buffalo does that to a lot of teams' defenses. You don't want, want to lose sleep over it. But for Miami, their offense definitely looked the part of the real deal. Um, Minnesota versus the Giants. I, I'm floored. I actually thought Minnesota was going to make it to the NFC title game. I really, I really liked what they were doing throughout the season. But ideally, future Tampa Bay Buccaneer running back Saquon Barkley is just a different breed of running back this season, I suppose. So they, they did a good job. They looked good. And it, it was really fun as a uh, Browns, you know, Browns spectator to see one of our former offensive coordinators and one of our former assistant offensive coordinators have such a good time in the playoffs while they were the rest of us were watching in Brian Dable and Kevin O'Connell. So that was that was great for any Clevelander in the area, just to remind themselves that we had both of them on staff at some point. Um, but not too surprising that the Giants won. I, they're a much better team than their record shows, and they're a much better team than Daniel Jones is as a quarterback. So they, they have a pretty solid game manager there. The rest of the team seems pretty good around him, and they've done a good job building the offensive line. So. Good team. Definitely a good win for them. I'm not sure how much further they progress in the postseason, but good start to the Dable era with the Giants and Ra Ravens Bengals. I mean, I didn't watch. I just I couldn't bring myself to watch that one. It's so, some rivalries still hold true, but I think what's important to take away from it is the Ravens need to give all the money to Lamar Jackson because the team straight up called them out on how bad the team is without Lamar Jackson. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, he is not someone who's an outspoken dude, but no, never was in college, and he ripped the team a new one in that presser. So if, if you got J.K. Dobbins mad enough about how bad the team is without one guy, 
he felt the need to say that stuff, you probably should give the guy all the money. And the Bengals, they looked, they won. That that they, it's the same model from last year. None of their playoff games were pretty. Joe Burrow took a lot of unnecessary hits, but they still end up winning the game. So kind of keeping the same status quo for them, which probably terrifies Kansas City and Buffalo that Cincinnati's doing it the same way they did it last year. And then the last game that we, of course, have to touch on. We're not Cowboys, talking about it. Cowboys Bucks. I mean, come on. The Bucks haven't been very good all year. If anything, we were we were thinking the Bucks win just because Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Okay, so I'm gonna put my fan hat aside. Okay, you try and do that. I'm gonna try and do that. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, when you look at the Buccaneers' record, yeah, eight and nine going into the postseason. The big thing, though, with them that they were this year's um, honestly kind of this year's Ravens or this year's Titans in previous years, where they are a good team on paper, but by the time they got to the postseason, it was a team made of tissue paper as opposed to having all their starters. I mean, Ryan Jensen, this the, the game on Monday night was his first game of the season, and he's an all-pro center. Tristan Wirfs missed some games. Donovan Smith on the line missed some games. The Buccaneers running back room is led by Leonard Fournette. And there you go. That's exactly all you need to know about their running back room. So I really hope that they invest in that. Their receiving core is good, but... Let's also call it as it is. Tom Brady started to look pretty mortal towards the end of this season. It, time is undefeated, even against someone like Tom Brady. So I personally hope he comes back for another year. Give it one more go where they can kind of build up around him, maybe get a solid ground game, maybe fix the offensive line a little bit more and get a few, uh, get a little bit more depth on the offensive line. But I, I think we may have witnessed the beginning of the genuine natural decline of Tom Brady. So while I kind of hope he comes back next year, the small part of me is like, eh, maybe ride off into the sunset now because next year might look pretty ugly. And as for the Cowboys, I mean, they, they look good. Obviously that with the loss against Tampa in week one, they still weren't fully with it. They still were kind of figuring themselves out. They look pretty good. They, they might make a run of it in this postseason. Now that I've put my fan hat aside and putting it back on, I hate the Cowboys. I hate everything. I just want my Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. Is that too much to ask? They literally won two years ago. I know, and I had to wait 20 years between Super Bowls, man. It's tiring. If I had to do that again, I'd be old. I'd be old. I don't want to wait 20 years again for another Super Bowl. That is the most spoiled fan take you've ever had. I'm completely aware of that. I, I regret. That's why I said I'm putting my fan hat on because fan hat usually equals spoiled take. Now that I've done that, fan hat is back off. Tampa Bay had no business being in the postseason this year because of the injuries and their record. They got conveniently lucky that the NFC South this year versus a dumpster that was actively on fire were about the same thing. So it's a shame. We'll see what happens with Tom Brady. That's the million-dollar question going forward. But in the meantime, pretty solid postseason that so far. Some good games, some ugly games, and a few surprises along the way. Certainly hasn't been a bad one. 
This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM. WFOB Lance Morris, Matt Common. Big thanks with talking with Mike Lee from Pandora Gaboa. Craig Mintz from Story, Steve Studer from Hopewell Loudon for all joining us on the show. Just looked back at the last weekend in the NFL playoffs as we look ahead to the divisional round. So let's look at the Saturday games first. Jags against the Chiefs and Giants-Eagles and... I mean, if the Jags start how they did against the Chargers, the Chiefs will be up by 40 at halftime at least. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what their offense can do on the Jags side. Uh, Giants-Eagles, I mean, you would think based on the regular season the Eagles had that they would kind of roll through this one. They've beaten the Giants twice, uh, but one of those games uh, Daniel Jones did not play in. Jalen Hurts did play in that second game. It was the last regular season game. It was just a 22-16 final score, so... Maybe the bye week helps the Eagles or ends up hurting them. The classic rest versus rust dilemma. Yeah, the the, the rest versus rust is going to be a big issue for Philly, especially since they played some but didn't play everybody. There's some other injury. It, it's I'm curious to see how that one shakes out. I genuinely am. I, I think the Eagles still win it, but I think the Giants make a game of it. Um, Having said that, also would not surprise me in the least if the Giants absolutely boat race the Eagles in this match. I don't think that's likely, but it wouldn't surprise me. Flip side of this, I am calling for an upset alert right now between Jacksonville and Kansas City. Here we go. Here's why. It is all the same people that Doug Peterson used to work with when he was in Kansas City. It's still Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy is still running variations of Andy Reid and Doug Peterson's offenses. He knows the players there. He knows what they're capable of. Kansas City may have been the quietest number one seed in recent NFL memory. And in reality, they were the number one seed only because Buffalo couldn't play their game because of the DeMar Hamlin situation, which, full side note, Fully discharged from the hospital, actually recovering very nicely. Nothing else matters. It's so great to hear for DeMar Hamlin that he is doing fine and is going to make a full recovery from what it sounds like. But having said that now, the only reason Buffalo wasn't the number one seed was because of that game not being played and giving them the opportunity to potentially either win it or have a better win-loss record than Kansas City. So... Kansas City gets in as the number one seed. They do so quietly. It's a good team. They're certainly having an above-average season. They're having a solid season. But there's still a lot of weak links there that I think Jacksonville might be able to exploit. Kansas City's very good, but I don't think they have the best. They have a decent run defense. It's a pretty solid one, but I'm not sure they've run into someone like Travis Etienne so far this season. Etienne is a very dangerous player out of the backfield. Christian Kirk has really come into his own as a wide receiver. Zay Jones has really built up his game a good bit. Evan Engram finally looks like the tight end he was supposed to be when he was with the Giants. But more importantly, the defense for Jacksonville is really coming on strong. And it's no longer Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Hardman all there. It's Juju Smith-Schuster, who's had a good year. He's looked good in Kansas City, but it's... It's really Pat Mahomes doing it by himself. 
And I don't know if he has the horsepower to stick with this Jags defense. Having said that, I'm calling for the upset, but it's also equally as likely that Kansas City just blows the doors off of them. I just, I don't see that being the case. I think it'll be a much, much better game than people are predicting. And I really do think Jacksonville has a chance to win it. Flip side of the games on Sunday, we'll have Bengals versus Bills. And we finally will get to see that matchup after, as we alluded to, we all know what happened when they were supposed to play in that first matchup with DeMar Hamlin. And neither of those teams had a truly four quarter dominant performance. Obviously, both teams had their moments, but neither team, you know, a f- had a full dominant game in that first round for either of those teams. Cowboys Niners, they each kind of looked fairly dominant in their wins last week. But do we get the Dak Prescott who went off last week against the Bucks, or do we get the one who threw the most interceptions during the regular season of anybody else? Those are good questions. <laughs> Those are very good questions. Um, I will say, I think, I think San Francisco wins i think san francisco is going to the nfc title game at the bare minimum if not all the way to the super bowl so i think they're going to win it i don't know for sure it to be honest i'm a little bit of a kyle shanahan fan and all the suffering he's had to go through over the years as a coach and coordinator i kind of want to see him get one just you know it may be the dreaded san francisco 49ers but it would be nice to see them get one um I think Dallas can certainly make a game of it. It's always a good game between Dallas and San Francisco in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Throw the records out the book. It's just going to be a good game. As for Bills and Bengals, man, I don't know how to call that one. I really don't. Because both teams are great. I think both, I think those are the two best teams in the AFC with respect to Kansas City. I really do think they're the two best in the AFC. So it's a tough call. I I view this really as a de facto AFC title game. I'm going to give the slightest of edges to Buffalo just because I think they're going to have a little bit more motivation playing in this game in their favor and a little bit more emotion playing in their favor. I think Cincinnati is great. I think their receiving core is awesome. Their running game is taking a bit of a backseat this year. But Joe Burrow still looks the part of an elite quarterback in the NFL. I, I think the only concern that I have is his offensive line still does not look elite. And Buffalo knows it. And they have some really, really good pass rushers. So can Cincinnati survive another nine-sack performance like they did against Tennessee last year? We'll find out. I mean, I, I really think Joe Burrow's going to spend a lot of the game on his back. So we'll see. But I, I'm going to give a slight, slight edge to Buffalo. I think. I think the games on Sunday are definitely the better of the two sets of games by far. I think Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then Dallas, San Francisco are going to be much, much better games than the games on Saturday. That'll just about do it for us tonight. Big thanks to Mike Lee from Pandora, Gibboa, Craig Mintz from Fall Astoria, and Steve Suter from Hopewell Loudon for joining us on the show tonight. And join us for our coverage of high school basketball coming your way in the next few days. Thursday, Hopewell against Faustoria. Girls action on WFOB. Friday night on Classic Hits, we'll have BBC Basketball, Pandora Gaboa against Arlington. Friday on WFOB, more NBC matchup with Faustoria taking on Rossford. And Saturday, more BBC versus SBC action. New Regal will play host to Arcadia, and we'll have all those games on our stations over the next few days. 
For my broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Moore signing off from the Frickers Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto. Stay tuned on WFOB. We will go out to Memphis where the Grizzlies are playing host to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.